It is Monday, November 14th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. A Game of the Year candidate in Buffalo. And the college football playoff landscape takes shape. Here comes the biggest truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Minnesota Vikings in a wild one take out the Buffalo Bills 33-30. Jeff Saturday wins his head coaching debut for the Indianapolis Colts. And the San Francisco 49ers win on Sunday Night Football, gaining some momentum. What is the Vegas lead, Scott? It's got to be the game of the year in the NFL, AJ. And that's the Buffalo Bills and the Minnesota Vikings, a game that saw every up and down that you could possibly have in the final five minutes of game time. Yeah, McKenzie, I'd be curious to know what was the like the win probability like for the Bills and how I mean how quickly it changed. This is got to be the worst two week run of Josh Allen's career, and in a way, I mean Josh Allen did some really great things mm-hmm. yesterday. But Josh Allen's now thrown four red zone interceptions in the last two games. Yeah. Josh Allen, I I would say, I mean, he kind of gave this game away. Like, he, it's you can almost point to him and say, yeah, he blew this game. The, the fumble that ends up being a touchdown mm-hmm. at the one-yard line uh, is on him. And then... You know, making a a poor decision with the ball late in the game, and it's just a, it's been a a rough couple weeks for Josh Allen, who has now fallen out of the MVP lead. Yeah, obviously we're going to see what happens on Monday Night Football, but if Jalen Hurts has himself a, a game for the Philadelphia Eagles, then he is going to run away with the the MVP or he's that Mahomes, that Mahomes that, fella still well, he's doing some good things that, that's true that's true uh according to McKenzie here the high point for the Buffalo Bills 95 percent win percentage prior to the fumble at the one yard line see I was curious and I was I checking 99.9 well I was checking a bunch of different uh stats uh, or websites that had win probability because I wanted to know what was the win probability for Minnesota when they had the ball at the, at the one yard line, thinking about, well, what are the chances that they're going to punch it into the end zone here? And yes, I know that Buffalo would still have some time to have the football, but they would need a touchdown or they'd need a field goal to tie it, which they eventually did. So I was curious what the winning percentage was. And I think I saw something around, you know, 80 something percent that Minnesota would win when they had the football down there. It's amazing. Cousin, they go for that quarterback sneak. He does like the get worst in. quarterback sneak ever. It was ever. A terrible. I don't know that his feet ever like his. Yeah. he didn't push. It was just it was awful. Well, the the play before that was, uh, you know, the, the free play with the defensive offsides that Dalvin Cook drops the ball, and then yeah, terrible quarterback sneak. But then everyone knows the quarterback sneak is coming from the Buffalo Bills just to give more time. To for more, not more time, more room yeah. for the offense to operate, and they fumble the snap, and the Vikings recover it for a touchdown. 
Just what a, a roll of emotions here. Uh, Vikings high point was 58% at the one. Uh, ESPN says 70%. So a bunch of different different sides argue. Everyone does win percentages differently. So regardless, I think what we can can look at here, or maybe what we should look at, not ignore, is that even after that disaster, Josh Allen still took the Buffalo Bills down the field in 39 seconds yeah. and got a game-tying field goal. Yes. And not only that, had an opportunity to put the ball in the end zone. Yeah. But they had to take the field goal. Yeah, it ran out of time. Yeah, ran out of time. So it was like it was like the 13 seconds against the, the, the Kansas City Chiefs all over again. And I'm like, wow, my like, Josh Allen, you could have rolled up and, and died after that. But he still marched the team down the field and got the game into overtime. Yeah, uh, Josh Allen's uh, right. Right now, Josh Allen's an incredibly frustrating talent because you see some things and you're like, "Oh my gosh, this, n- no one else can do these things," and then he makes just some bozo decisions. And it, it's uh, it, it, listen, the Bills are still very good. The Bills might still be the best team in the league, mm-hmm. but they're not unbeatable. Like we, we've like they are not. They, there are chinks in that armor that we didn't know about a month ago that are just completely exposed now. Do you want to know what's crazy? The Buffalo Bills right now are in third place in the AFC East. Yeah. The Dolphins are in first place at 7-3. Yep. and three, And then because of the head-to-head win last week, the Jets are in second place and the Bills are in third. Yeah. If I told you... That in week Who 10. Who thought the AFC East would be a good division? But like, if, I, this good. if I told you in week 10 of the season, the Super Bowl favorite, the runaway favorite, Buffalo Bills, would be in third place in their division after 10 weeks of the NFL season, you would have called me crazy. No doubt. So this this is uh, – the last couple of weeks have been really eye-opening about the Bills. Uh, this is – again, it's a game that I say you can put at the feet of Josh Allen. Like, they they couldn't have won the game without Josh Allen – but they lost the game because of some decisions that Josh Allen made. I think being lost in all of this is the Minnesota Vikings won this game. Mm-hmm. They and were, they could have eaten. Justin Jefferson made probably the catch of the year. Oh, certainly the catch of the year. What's funny is Stephon Diggs made a catch earlier in that game that <laughs> might have been the catch of the year for about 10 minutes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just just some incredible work. By, and he down the stretch, Justin Jefferson was just unstoppable. He mm-hmm. was the offense. And I guess you got to give some credit to Kirk Cousins, which sounds funny to say because he had an up and down game as well. But I think this was the win the Vikings needed to validate themselves. Yeah, Yeah. because it's one thing to beat teams with a backup quarterback or, oh, they didn't have this guy. Oh, they didn't have this. And what's funny is if Josh Allen hadn't played, that would have been the narrative once again. Oh, they beat the Bills, but the Bills didn't have Josh Allen. Yeah. Well, now the Vikings get that win, and it's a a real statement win for a team that, you know, it, whatever you think about the Vikings, like if you think they're real, what eight and one is eight and one. You don't get to eight and one in the NFL if you're not pretty good. And didn't the uh, Cardinals jump out to like an eight and one start last year? Were they or something eight and like one. That? What were the card McKenzie? What were the Cardinals last year before they fell off? They're eight and one, eleven and zero Steelers a couple of years. Yeah. 
You know what? Okay, I stand corrected. You can get to eight and one <laughs> and not be a good get, football team. You can get to eight and one and not be a good football. I stand. Team. I stand corrected. <laughs> I stand corrected. But I think the Vikings are better than we want to give them credit for. And the, the fact that they were down, you know, it was twenty four to ten at halftime. No, no one would have faulted them for rolling over. Mm-hmm. Like you're, it was cold, snowy. It's just a mess. I, I, you're getting your ass kicked. I, I wouldn't want to go out there after halftime. To their credit, they played a great, a great second half. A great second half defensively. Yeah, allows zero touchdowns in the second half of that game, and uh, that is a season-defining win. And the Vikings are—they're a contender. Do you uh, want you want any part of some Vikings futures right now? Well, I, I'll have to see the price. I, I'm I'm still I still feel like there's teams in the NFC that have worse records than them. That are better than like, I think the 49ers are better than the Vikings, mm. but the I mean, the Vikings' record says that they're good. Yeah, I think there's got to be some just respect on the Vikings and a home game in the playoffs that could go a long division way. winner, multiple yep. home. Now, right and now, let's face it, they're one game away from having the, the yeah. The Eagles record. could lose a game. I mean, the Eagles have to lose two games because the Vikings' losses to the Eagles isn't that crazy? But um, but yeah, the Vikings are certainly they're, they're certainly in the thick of things, and they play in a division that's so bad. Uh, I mean, it, there's very very winnable games down the stretch for the Vikings. Vikings right now are the fifth favorite to win the Super Bowl and the third in the NFC. So it's Bills still, then Eagles, Chiefs, 49ers, then Vikings. Okay. So you would still put the Vikings behind. Obviously, they lost to the Eagles, so you put them behind the Eagles. For sure. You would put them behind the 49ers. Yeah. I, th- I think, uh, yeah. I, I, and, but I think that's it. Well, I know that's it. Maybe, the, just, are, maybe the Cowboys? No. No. Cowboys no. aren't as good as the Vikings? No. Okay. Because they lost a game or what? I just I, I, I just don't. I'm not, a, I'm, not a, I'm not big on Dak Prescott. Okay. And I think the Vikings collectively as a team. Have better are are, be, have, are better better pieces. Think they have a better home field. Think when it comes down to the to a playoff game, I'd rather I'd favor the Minnesota Vikings. All right, well let's go there. Let's go there next. Uh, the Cowboys uh, and the the Green Bay Packers, who we've been saying desperately needed a win, desperately needed a win. They finally got it. Aaron Rodgers was efficient, probably the right word. 224 yards. Well, he found the receiver that can catch the football. Oh, boy. Christian Watson's a problem. Uh, He is a fast, fast man. Uh, The problem for the Packers today was they couldn't stop Tony Pollard. The the positive was the Cowboys couldn't stop the run either. Mm -hmm. Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon both had good days running the football. And like you said, Christian Watson came through with the the game of his career. Counting them. One, two, three touchdowns. uh, (laughs) CeeDee Lamb had an incredible game too that gets a little bit wasted. But this was a fun game. And this was a game that, again, you wouldn't have blamed the Packers. who They played really close in the first half. They go go to the, uh, the locker room tied at 14. Third quarter starts and Dallas looks like they're just going to blow them out of the water. It's, so it's, I, I had the Packers plus three and a half as the last leg of a parlay, and I was going to hedge before the game. And I said, you know what? Let's see how the first quarter plays out. Maybe I'll do a live in-game bet. Zero zero. I'm feeling okay about myself. And then, oh, all of a sudden, well now Green Bay's got something cooking here. They're on the board. They're up fourteen seven. The touchdown at the end of the half 
was such a gut punch. And I honestly didn't know how the Packers were going to respond in the second half after allowing that touchdown. When you allow a late touchdown like that, it changes the whole game completely. This could have been a 14-7 or, at worst, 14-10 score going into the locker room, and instead it's a tie game, and all that great work that you did in the first half is just erased, and you start over 0-0 in the second half, and then you're down two touchdowns. Just a great job of, of hitting the reset button when you got to the fourth quarter. And what did you make of the decision by Mike McCarthy in overtime to go for it on that fourth down? Uh, the options, I guess, were to kick a 52-yard field goal, but... You got a pretty good kicker. Conditions well, if, weren't great. If you don't trust him to make that field goal, then do you punt it and put the game on your defense? No, I, I don't. I, I don't You know, I don't disagree with the call. Uh, Dak Prescott is their guy. That's the guy who they need him to make a play there. And I'd rather trust the guy that I'm paying the most money on my team to make those moves and to to trust my defense to stop one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Um, I I don't totally disagree with that move. If you don't trust the kicker, if you trust the kicker, I think you, you, you make him kick. Yeah. 52 yards is nothing in the NFL now. Yeah. And, and Maher is is a guy who we've seen do that before. So what it's, it should have been a situation they trusted him. But like I said, not ideal conditions, they saw him warm up. Maybe they didn't feel good about it. I don't know. But, yeah, I, I don't totally disagree with the decision. I think I'm in the minority. Yeah, I, I might have – I don't know. I, I might have punted just because you can pin them back and then you just – you rely on your defense to get you the football back. And once you do, all you need is a field goal to win the game. At that point, are you really – do you really think that your defense is not going to stop Aaron Rodgers from going down the field and putting it in field goal range? You've been doing it all day. I, yeah. I guess two of the final three possessions for the Packers resulted in those two touchdowns that wound up tying the game. So I just felt like at that point, especially in the fourth quarter uh, or, or in overtime, I, I don't know. I feel like if you you don't get it there, the, the, you handed the game to the Green yeah. Bay Packers, which they did. You hand the game to the Green Bay Packers. Maybe you should, maybe they should have done a better third down play if they were going to go for it on yeah. fourth down. That's the other thing. All right, let's go to Germany where the Tampa Bay Bucks held on. Seattle staging a late comeback, falls just short. Bucks win 21-16. Was there ever a doubt that Tom Brady was going to lose in an in international game? Come on, they're trying to sell the brand. <laughs> well, the 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 Bucks dominate time of possession in this game. 37 minutes of possession, 26 first downs. The the Seahawks offense was useless until the fourth quarter. Like they, they just could do nothing. Uh, the Bucks defense that hasn't really shown up this year really showed up in this game, at least for the first three and a half quarters. Speaking of showing up, Rashad White, have yourself a day. Taking advantage of uh, of Leonard Fournette going down with an injury. Rashad White did have himself a nice day. 22 carries, 105 yards for Rashad White. Uh, and like I said, Gino takes a, from 21-3, puts one in. Eight minutes left, puts one in with four minutes left. Can't finish it off, but a couple nice drives to finish the game for Geno. Uh, and the Seahawks at least get teaser backers there, like, <laughs> like, like myself. We did talk about the Seahawks teaser leg on SOVAM, so it, it does come through. Your New York football Giants, 24-16 winners over the Texans, who 
Houston stinks. They, I mean, they're a dead cat. Houston they are bad. They are so bad. Uh, you know, Davis Mills has another rough day. Can't stay upright. The, the only bright spot for them is Damian Pierce. Uh, Brandon Cooks, they take away his captaincy before the – I mean, it's they're, they are a mess. And Saquon Barkley has his way with this team. 35 carries, 152 yards, and a touchdown for Saquon. Daniel Jones limits mistakes, has an 83 QBR for the game. Easy win for the Giants. I, I, I'll be honest. I was rooting against the Giants because – a lot of people in left in my survivor pool had the Giants over the Texans. Uh, I know in Circa uh, Survivor, I think 17 contestants had the uh, Giants, um, and and they're down. They're like, there's not a lot of contestants left, so the 17 wound up being like 15% of the pool. But this game was winnable for the Houston Texans. They just suck. There's no other way around that they had opportunities to get back in this game. Even they're down 14-10. They have an opportunity. They're down 21-10. They fumble the football. They're down 21-10. They throw an interception. Like there, there were so many chances they had. They could have gotten themselves in this game and pulled off an upset. But when this, when all of your first half possessions sound like this, three and out, three and out. Three and out, seven in field goal, six and out, five and out. Oof. That's not good. Woof. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts. Well, you should have probably started, got, got into this game earlier. Jeff Saturday, who doesn't deserve the job. There was a unprepared. lot of heat given to the Colts this week for the Jeff Saturday hire. Even Bill Cower on the CBS pregame show was talking about it being a disgrace to coaching. And a lot of people have a lot of problems with Jeff Saturday getting this job. Todd Haley, the former coach who's on NFL radio, Mm -hmm. said, I almost hope he fails because it's not supposed to be this easy. Yeah, a lot of people. You're supposed to you're supposed to have to go through the the tough Mm -hmm. stuff to Mm -hmm. get these jobs. Mm -hmm. And I was like Really, Todd Haley? Like, what uh, What radio station did you intern at yeah, yeah. before you got this national radio gig? Yeah. You, you got handed a gig because of your name, like yeah. just like Jeff Saturday did. Let's not be hypocrites about this. Kudos to Jeff Saturday. And I don't know whose call it was to start Matt Ryan, but I think w- what we have to realize now, and it's a lot easier to do in hindsight, I get it, because the Colts were losing games. Was Matt Ryan playing great? No. Was Matt Ryan playing like a guy that deserved to be benched for Sam Ellinger? Mm. Absolutely not. And Matt Ryan is the guy who gives the Colts the best chance to win. Yes. So if it was Jeff Saturday's call to say, hey, we're going with Matt Ryan, then kudos to Jeff Saturday because that that's a that – it's clearly not what ownership wanted, but – or they were just impatient. I don't know what, but Matt Ryan is is clearly the best quarterback on the Indianapolis Colts. It opened up the run game. Jonathan Taylor has his like his first good game of the season, really, yep. mm-hmm. uh, and and he has a dominant game. Like everything was opened up by by playing Matt Ryan. Can we also give kudos to the sharp betters out there that might have gotten the inside info? Because yeah, there was a move. We watched this number dwindle down over the course of the week, and no one could understand why. Yeah. Why was money coming in on the Indianapolis Colts? Jeff Saturday, 
30-year-old play caller now, Parks Frazier, Sam Ellinger at quarterback, desperate Raiders team. You're on the road. Money coming in on the Colts, though, moving the line down. And then what do we find out? Oh, in warm-ups, wait a minute. Matt Ryan is practicing getting snaps from the starting center. Is he starting? Yeah. And then Matt Ryan starts. And then the Colts win the game outright. Yep. Pretty impressive. What happens now with Josh McDaniels? Well, the season's over. Uh, What happens is he probably, I don't want to say, you know, empties the the drawer here, but just see what you have. Throw throw, throw some things out there because – for now, it's it, this is your first season. This is your learning experience. Now you just got to chalk it up and see what you have moving forward. See what you're going to build upon for next year. I, I mean, it, it feels like every other year we go through this. Is Derek Carr going to be the quarterback going forward for the Raiders or not? Um, it, it feels like this might be. And if you saw his press conference, crying. I, I mean, the dude's clearly not. It, I mean, he he basically says we went through all this effort and this was the result. It's yeah. it's just embarrassing and and um, I I like it in a way. I, I like to see. I mean, it's I'd much rather my quarterback look like Derek Carr at a mm-hmm. press conference, emotional that they're sucking, than Aaron Rodgers, who like seemingly could, couldn't care less if he tried. Um, but this was. Um, this might be like the beginning of the end yeah. for, for Derek Carr. Well, what's amazing is for everyone that said, oh, they only have one option now because there's no Darren Waller, there's no Hunter Renfro. Yeah, that one option had nine catches for 126 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. So I don't care about, oh, they don't have options besides Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams did what the, what 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 was Darren Waller going to do in this game? What was... You know, Hunter Renfro going to do in this game. Probably take away from some of those Devontae Adams numbers. The production was still there. Derek Carr threw for 248 yards and two touchdowns. They should have won this game. Yep. They just were unable to stop the run. They were unable to come up with a big play when they needed to. And now they fall to two and seven and look like a dead team in the water. The only respite is, I guess you play a bad team in your next game, but... I, I can't have any faith in this Raiders program right now. Uh, Justin Fields has another incredible day running the football. Uh, apparently, Justin Fields is good now. Yeah, and but not good enough to beat the Lions at home. Uh, Lions get a 31-30 win over the Bears. Back so and forth game. As, as good as Justin Fields has become lately, he's still Justin Fields. And what I mean by that is... He still can't throw the ball. The terrible interception that he threw when he tried to force the ball. And look, the screen pass is blown up. And something that good quarterbacks do. You see Aaron Rodgers do it all the time. I watched Aaron Rodgers do it in this game yesterday. When he realizes that the screen's blown up, what does he do? Just throws the ball into the ground. Yeah. What did Justin Fields do when the screenplay was was blown up? He tried to loft it over the defender's. And it goes right into the hands of Jeff Okuda, who returns it for a touchdown. Yeah, this was a listen, and I shouldn't have said Justin Fields can't throw the ball because he he's made a couple great throws the last few weeks. He's just not a great decision maker, and he's been such a weapon with his legs yeah. that it's opening things up for him down the field. Now he's just got to know when to take those shots, when not to take those shots. And Jared Goff was like, it was the tortoise and the hare. 
he's just like, okay, I'm just get, try not to blow this thing up. Mm -hmm. uh, try and keep keep us in this thing. Wait for him to make a mistake. And Justin Fields made the mistake, and that's what cost the uh, the Bears that football game. Uh, fun game. To say the least, like yep. it, you know, two teams that don't matter hey, much Lions, in the grand scheme. Lions are back to playing overs. Good. There you go. Tennessee Titans get a 17-10 win over the Denver Broncos in maybe the ugliest game of the day. Broncos defense continues to be incredible. Tennessee's defense also incredible. These two teams combined for 125 rushing yards today. Yeah. I mean, Derrick Henry couldn't get it going. Melvin Gordon couldn't get it going. Nobody got it going. And it's not like the, the passing games were elite either. Um, it, Russell Wilson held to a 22 QBR game, just an, an ugly game for him. This game started with nine straight punts. Yeah. From both teams. It, it was a terrible game to watch. Uh, you know, you're watching the Red Zone channel, and they're just not going to this game very often. You, you have to, like, check your phone to see what's going on in the Broncos-Titans game. The the Titans are such a weird team because I, I I don't think that they're really good, but they keep winning games. And then when they lose, like they they lose by three at Kansas City, we're going to shame them for that. I, I don't know. No. Uh, this is a a team that is it's so ugly, but it's effective. They, yeah. They're six and three now. This is a good football team. As much as I don't want I, to admit it, I just have concerns with them if they face a team where they're going to have to score points because this is a team that does not score a lot of points. They 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 average what less than twenty points per game. Yeah, that's not sustainable in the NFL. Not in twenty twenty two. Going on twenty twenty three, just doesn't happen. One team that has no problem scoring points: the Kansas City Chiefs, twenty seven seventeen winners over the Jags, and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you know, casual three hundred thirty one yards, four touchdown game. Every player, every player was wide open for the Chiefs. <laughs> they 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 did a thing on the broadcast where they showed like the 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 box. They had like the highlighted the box with uh -huh. how much separation. The receivers were wide open the entire game, and this game should have been. A, a much uglier score. Mackenzie, we don't have the the projected score yet, do we? No. Okay, because I'm curious. I'm gonna I think my projected score is 34-10. Chiefs. There's rarely because it's rarely that big of a blowout on those projected scores. Because though. Isaiah Pacheco fumbles in the red zone on the opening possession. Yep. Should have been a touchdown on that possession. So they could have could have been up twenty, they could have had seven more points at least. They missed the extra point, obviously. Uh, and then the Jaguars scored at the end. Chiefs aren't even playing defense at the end. That's a garbage time score. They're just letting them score there. 27-17, the game was not that close. And, dude, why do people keep betting on the Jacksonville Jaguars? This team is not good. And for everyone that says, oh, well, they got talented pieces. They got talented pieces where? I'll give you a couple players on defense, right? There's a couple good players yeah. on defense. And Travis Etienne might be developing into a nice running back here in his first season. Obviously didn't play last year because of the injury. Where do they have talent? Where, where's the talent? It's not a very good team. You're right. Is it I, the quarterback? No. Quarterback no. stinks. Yeah. Christian Kirk's their number one. Christian Kirk's a number two. I agree. He would not be a number one on any but team But he's, he's having a very good season. Like He's it, still... He's still what? What's the PFF grade on him? He's got to be in. The, he's got to be below twenty-five. He's in the twenties. Okay, but that, I mean, there's thirty-two number one wide receivers in the league. He's is he a high-end guy? No, but I mean, 
he's ahead of Mike Evans in PFF. Like Mike, you might get say Mike would, Evans in a number one. Well, I would take Mike Evans over of course. Christian Kirk any day of the week. The, the the bottom line is this team is not talented, and yet people think that they're talented, and people keep betting on them. There was a huge, sharp syndicate that was all over this team to win this division. They might not even win five games. The uh, the early number on the, the Jags have a bye this week, and then they get the Baltimore Ravens in Jacksonville. What's the number? Ravens in, in Jacksonville. In Jacksonville. Ravens minus seven. There's, there was a four, and then it's quickly changed to a six. Yeah. So I, I think maybe people are tired of the Jacksonville thing. Good. I, I think that's a good possibility. So, uh, yeah, the Jags, another loss. The Chiefs kind of quietly uh, continue to, to put up Ws. And I, so do the, they, they maybe, does the road to the Super Bowl go through Kansas City? It might. Uh, it's funny that the, because everybody's been talking about the Bills so much, the Chiefs have kind of flown under the radar this year because they lost to the Bills. Yeah, but I mean, it's still they're still the Chiefs. There's it's still Patrick yeah. Mahomes. But I think if they would have beaten the Bills, then everyone's talking about the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, one of the most lopsided performances today, the Miami Dolphins put it to the Cleveland Browns. Another game that AJ I don't understand. Why money came in on the Cleveland Browns? Well, I said this last week. The look ahead, the summer, the summer line was five and a half. Mm-hmm. You can't tell me that the Dolphins haven't been more upgraded yeah. since the season started than the Browns. No idea. Then the look ahead was five and a half. Still, which okay, if you're going to just say neither team's upgraded, okay, that's fine, I guess. But then it goes to three and a half when the Browns were sitting on their couch. Did, and the Dolphins, people, yeah. Dolphins failed to cover on the road by one point. And it's like, oh, the Dolphins stink now because the Justin Fields ran on them. I got news for you. Justin Fields is going to run on a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this offense is elite. And, they, I mean, they had the run game going today. It was a dominant performance by this Dolphins offense. 39-17 just crushed the Browns. And here's the thing. 11 carries for Nick Chubb. You put the Browns behind, the Browns stink. What are they going to do? They're not going to. They're not going to come back. They're not built to come back on teams. They're built to get to uh, to have a positive game script. At worst, a neutral game script. If they fall behind, this team is in trouble because Jacoby Brissett isn't that dude. No, uh, but you, I, everything that I mentioned about this Dolphins offense all week, and when I, I gave this out as my best bet on the pod, and, and talked about it all week. Everything happened the way you expected to happen. Jeff Wilson jumps right into this team and immediately has an impact on this offense because he knows this offense. Yeah. He had 119 yards rushing. Waddle Hill didn't even have to do much. He only had 44 yards. But the, the weapons are just too elite to cover. And now if you're adding in a, a running game with a, a back like Jeff Wilson – this team is really going to be tough to beat, especially at home now. Tua improves at home to, let's see, Tua at home is now 12-3 and three straight up and 11-4 and four against the spread. Wow. 
Yeah, two has play, two has been maybe one of the biggest surprises in the NFL this year. So their next their next game is going to be uh, hosting the Texans uh, in two weeks. I got a feeling they'll do well in that game. I, I think so. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers twenty to ten winners over the Saints. Finally, money came in on the Steelers. Oh my goodness! You want to talk about a line move? It, it was a flip. Flip from uh, Steelers plus one and a half to Steelers minus one and a half. And the line move was correct. I said on the pod, it's like, what have the Saints done to be road <laughs> favorites? Apparently nothing, and I don't think anyone makes that mistake again. Uh, the Saints' offense was putrid. Andy Dalton stunk. Alvin they got, Kamara they gotta go back. stunk. They're going to go back to Jameis now, right? I think they have to. Right. I think they were waiting for a game like this where it's just – you can't in good in good conscience put him back out there. He was so bad. Uh, they they brought Taysom Hill out. He looked bad. It just the offense was was pathetic. One point nine yards per rush yeah. for the Saints today. And this you can run on the Steelers a little. Like at least this season, teams have been able to. They could not. And the Steelers, on the other hand, ran the ball really well. 217 yards, five yards per carry on the ground. Pittsburgh's been needing that. Mm. Uh, I I said I thought the the return of T.J. Watt and Demonte Casey, who uh, Watt missed all but one game, Casey's missed every game, would be a massive boost for this team. Just wait till Minka Fitzpatrick plays. I'm telling you, this Pittsburgh defense is getting right. Uh, their offense is still not very good. But I, I do think this Pittsburgh team defensively is going to make some noise. So a nice 20-10 to 10 win for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Steelers. next week are home against the Bengals. So you know they're home dogs against the Bengals. Do we think about taking the Steelers? I, I, I'm certainly going to consider it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to consider that. Let's look at the Arizona Cardinals getting a win. No Kyler Murray for Arizona. No Matt Stafford for the Rams. Yeah. 27-17 win for the Cardinals. How? Uh, it doesn't happen. It's the second time uh, since he's been in L.A. that Sean McVay has lost to the Cardinals. Uh, he now falls to 11-2 and against the Cardinals. And this was really kind of a, a gross game. I ended up losing the under on this game on the touchdown that happened with seven seconds left to go in the game that meant absolutely nothing to the final score or the point spread. Uh, but the the Rams finally, finally decide to score a touchdown on offense uh, with seven seconds to go. <laughs> so thanks, thanks for that, Rams. Thanks for showing up right at the right moment. But this was a um, – I don't know if you can say the Cardinals played well this is concerning for the Rams. I mean, they're three and six now. The freaking Super Bowl champions are three and six. Yeah. They're really behind the eight ball at this point. And I, I don't know when or, or you know when Stafford's coming back, but they need him back ASAP because it, things are things are rough right now. They get they're at the Saints for their next game. But this team that's three and six, like I said, they still have remaining on the schedule at the Chiefs, a home and home with the Seahawks. At the Packers, at the Chargers, it, it's an uphill climb for sure for this team. Problem is they cannot run the ball at all. They are the the worst rushing team in the NFL. Yep. The least amount of rushing yards in the NFL. 
And I know that they tried, or according to reports, they tried to be in the Christian McCaffrey sweepstakes. Should have tried harder. Why? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why they didn't make a more of an effort to get themselves a running back, it's going to wind up being to their detriment. Because if you can't run the football, and if Stafford's out, or even if Stafford's limited, Cooper Cup can only take you so far. And well, and he got hurt today. Yeah. And listen, if John Wolford's having to throw the ball 36 times, there's a problem. Like, and it was, you're, we're talking 36 times in a game that was, you know, other than maybe for 10 minutes in the in the first half, like late in the first half, it was a, a neutral game script. Cardinals score two touchdowns in the second quarter and, and take a nice lead into halftime. But for the most part, this was a, a pretty nip-tuck game, and they just refused to run the football. And when I, they did, I, they didn't do it effectively. I think that a lot of us, and I'm just – Bring, I'm saying us, like in, in general, us. A lot of us did not, we we underestimated how big of a loss Kevin O'Connell was for this team. Kevin O'Connell, who was their offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. who's now the head coach in Minnesota. Look at what Minnesota's offense is doing. Looks good. They look great. This is not the same Rams team that won the Super Bowl. This is not the same Rams team that we've seen for the past several seasons. And... Kevin O'Connell not being there now to run this offense, it looks like a completely different team. And I think that every all of us did not make that a bigger point of emphasis projecting out this season. The San Francisco 49ers get a 22-16 win over the L.A. Chargers on Sunday night football. Justin Herbert is not himself. I think is a nice way to say it. The 49ers defense was phenomenal last night. But Justin Herbert, this is now, I, I mean, I, th- I want to say it's five games in a row that he's failed to hit 300 yards, longest such streak in his Tell career. Tell me about it. Dude's on my fantasy team. Uh, 196 yards, one touchdown, one interception last night. A season, no, second to his season low QBR. The season low QBR was the Jacksonville game, which was the first game after the injury. Uh, but at 37 QBR last night for Herbert and you know what I've got two things I need to credit the 49ers on did a great job of limiting the damage from Austin Eckler uh, because they it felt like the game plan for the Chargers was to to make Eckler involved to make he had to be the guy because there is no Mike Williams mm-hmm. there is no uh, Keenan, Keenan Allen. Allen so they were like we're gonna we're gonna involve uh, Austin Eckler as much as possible in every play and the 49ers did a great job of limiting him. On the other side of the ball, Elijah Mitchell returning is such a big deal. And I would, my thought was, well, I mean, they've already got Christian McCaffrey. What good is Elijah Mitchell going to really do? I'll tell you what it does. He is a battering ram runner. Mm. They don't have to worry about Christian McCaffrey like getting hurt. I don't want to say that, but like if you if you pay a bunch of money for Christian McCaffrey, you're worried about him getting hurt. Elijah Mitchell ran the ball so well last night, they dominated time of possession. Yeah, Justin Herbert was just sitting over there like, are we going to get off the field? <laughs> are we going to get off the field? i, I got to pull up what the, t- the final time of possession in this game was, but it was, it was very lopsided. 36-59 to 23. 37 minutes to 23 minutes. Yeah. You're not going to lose many football games that way. And the second half was the most dominant defensive performance. I think mm-hmm. the Chargers might have had like 50 yards in the entire second half. Could do nothing. And it looked like, I mean, the, only, the Chargers. The only thing the 49ers didn't do right is cover the line. 
They did not. That's it. It's the only thing they didn't do right. Thank you. Because I said, I said seven. It's disrespectful. <laughs> yeah. And I was right. If it, only it was six. should have been six <laughs> was the proper line. Seven, disrespectful. But we Stop talk, it. But we talked about this going into the game when we previewed it. The 49ers are getting healthy. And they are a scary team when they're healthy. And the Chargers desperately need to get healthy on both sides. They need Bosa. Uh, they need Keenan Allen. They need Mike Williams. They're just a shell of themselves it, right now. Is it too late for the Chargers? Or no, they're five and four in the AFC. Like, they're still they're okay, but they've they've got it's got to happen fast. It's got to happen fast. So right now in the AFC playoff picture, the Chargers are actually just a half game out of a playoff spot. Yeah, they're, they're okay. They are the eighth seed. Patriots at five and four are the seventh seed. And Patriots win the tiebreaker based off strength of victory. But let's be serious here. If, if these teams get healthy. Who do you like more, the Chargers or the Patriots? Chargers, the Chargers. or the Jets? The Chargers. Like, the, this is still, when they're healthy, yeah. one of the most talented teams in, in the league, not just in the AFC, but right, they've just they've not been health, healthy this season. They've got to get that figured out. 538 projects a 40% chance for the Chargers to make the playoffs. Okay. Mother Night Football will wrap up Week 10 tonight. The Philadelphia Eagles, with their undefeated record on the line, will host the Washington Commanders. And it's not Carson Wentz at quarterback for the Commanders, but we did see these two teams play earlier in the season. Week three, the Eagles absolutely dominated that game, sacking Carson Wentz nine times. Nine times. So can they have similar success against this Washington front tonight? Uh, I don't see why not. Uh, I, I think that the it, the – Washington offense is not built to have much success against this team. Um, I don't know what the big change would be, but they, they're not running the ball well enough to ex- exploit Philadelphia. You've got to get Philadelphia off balance. If you let them just tee off on you as a passer, you're in trouble. Um, no, I, I don't think there's much offensive success. In fact, I, I'd probably, I'm probably going to be looking for a, a commander's team total under, if not just the full game under 43 and a half. I, I don't know that this is a very high scoring game on Monday night. Commander's team total 15 and a half. Oh, that's a pretty low number, but uh, yeah, I don't see him getting there. You see them putting up 16 points, 17 points. I think I'd rather have Eagles team total over 27 and a half. Okay. Four touchdowns? Eagles so are, you think this is a high-scoring game? You, you don't think the Eagles are getting four touchdowns? I don't. I, I think that they, they, get a, they get a lead, and as and they, they sit do, on it? they sit on it. That's why we've talked about this. The Eagles aren't a team that, like, that, that runs away. I guess I, they, they put up 24 in the second quarter the last time they played Washington, and they didn't score the rest of the game. Yeah. Like, once they get a lead, they're so comfortable running down the clock. It's 24 nothing until the commander scored a, a, a garbage-time touchdown. Yeah, it'd be 43-and-a-half is a big number. Maybe that's just the way to go, 43-and-a-half. And that way, you know, because I, I could see this game playing out very similarly to that last one. I, so, Devontae Smith in that last game had 169 yards and the touchdown. Do the commanders go into tonight's game with an emphasis to guard Devontae Smith? But then that leads AJ Brown. So do you AJ, with- AJ Brown might be the best receiver in the league right now. I don't think you okay. can like take attention away from AJ Brown. So AJ Brown's total is seventy one and a half. Devontae Smith fifty three and a half. Oof. I, yeah, I, I feel like it's got to be Devontae Smith. I, I think that you have to one hundred and sixty nine yards the last time he played this team. I think Although the past to- couple of weeks. He has been having a low output the last couple of weeks. I think you have to put attention on A.J. Brown. Here's a prop that I like. 
Taylor Heineke over pass attempts, 33 and a half. We know what's going to happen in this game. This this isn't going to be a game where the commanders can like get a lead and just run Antonio Gibson. Mm-hmm. This is a game where they're chasing, they're having to chuck the ball around. 33 and a half is is pro, it's a little bit more than what Heineke's been averaging, but given what I expect to be a a fairly poor game script, I think he has to throw the ball. I would agree, and the prop that I like correlated to that, Antonio Gibson over 24 and a half receiving yards. Okay. Because Robinson has pretty much become the every down back for this team. Which I don't totally get because he's not very explosive either. He's dominating the, the carries or the, the share of the snaps, if you will, uh, between him and Gibson. But what Gibson is doing is he's lining up at times as a receiver. He's, you know, they're utilizing him out of the backfield as a pass catching option. Um, Last game only had two catches for 11 yards. But against this Eagles team, you're right. I think they're going to have to throw because they're going to be down double digits. So in a game where they're going to be down and chasing, I think Gibson could see some receiving yards. So, yeah, going back to that first Eagles-Commanders game, Carson Wentz, 43 passing attempts, 25 for 43. Um, Antonio Gibson, now remember, this was Robinson was out yeah. at this point, mm-hmm. but they'd limited the run game pretty well. So, in that game, Gibson was the primary ball carrier, right? Mm-hmm. So, the secondary back who became the receiving back was J.D. McKissick who had six catches for 32 yards. Yeah. So maybe over Gibson receptions. I don't know. There might be a, there's a lot of ways to attack now this. Now let's game, let's also remember this. the the commanders are bringing back in Jahan Dotson uh who's been out for it feels like forever now. So then but you're he, right. so then maybe the safer way is just to go with Heineke to throw the ball a lot. That's going to be that, that that's going to be my best bet on this game over 33 and a half attempts for Taylor Heineke. The other, the the only other play I'm going to be looking at in this game is the under. This weekend cleared some things up in college football. It basically told us uh, if you are in the Pac-12 and you are not named USC, you have been eliminated <laughs> from playoff contention. I, I will say this: I think USC has an uphill battle. I do too, because Oregon losing not just hurts Oregon and eliminates them from playoff contention, it really hurts USC as well because it hurts the conference. Uh, I, d- I don't disagree with that. I will say, I mean, if US- USC is such a brand name that if they win the Pac-12, it's, it's unlike any other Pac-12 team. Like, they have the biggest brand in the Pac-12. If they win the Pac-12 with one loss, I think they get in. But what it does do is it opens up the possibility that they have to play Utah again, which is clearly not an ideal matchup uh-huh. for USC. Um, but, yeah, I, and, and I think – I'm going to play devil's advocate here, okay? Okay. One loss, Pac-12 champion, USC. One loss, ACC champion, Clemson. One team gets in, one team doesn't. It'll be USC gets in. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I believe that. I believe that. Here's what I think is the the tough part. If we get to a one-loss USC versus a one-loss Tennessee, and that's going to be – that's that's where it's going to be tough. To me, I always go 
with the with the conference champion, especially a team versus a team that didn't even play for their conference championship. Like right now, the the biggest problem that USC could ever have is if Georgia loses the SEC championship game. Because if Georgia goes into the SEC championship game undefeated, they're in the playoff. Georgia's going to the playoffs no matter what. That's what I'm saying. So but will they put a two loss LSU in the playoff? The SEC champs in. You're not putting you're not you're not, not putting the SEC champion in. They just haven't had a two loss team in. Doesn't matter. LSU wins the SEC championship game and beats Georgia. You're not putting that team in. Everyone's putting that team in. Okay. You get fired if you don't put that team in. <laughs> the SEC champion gets to the college football playoff. So you but have, think so think about that. You, that's what one, I'm saying. One loss Tennessee versus a two loss LSU. One loss Tennessee beat the dog shit out of LSU, and you say nope. Got to be LSU. Yeah, I, LSU lost to Georgia, and I mean, uh, to LSU beat Georgia, and Tennessee lost to Georgia. That's they the have a head to head. Doesn't matter. I mean, that's the the most clean data point one you of them, can ask for. One of them won their conference championship. The other one didn't. One of them beat the other by twenty seven points. Doesn't matter. LSU right now is number six. They will leapfrog Tennessee. That was in Baton Rouge. They went to Baton Rouge and beat them by four touchdowns. Doesn't matter. If LSU beats Georgia in the SEC championship game, they're in the college football. And that doesn't feel right. And to then me. it then then it becomes a real problem for the committee. Because then it's LSU in the in the playoff. It's Georgia in the playoff. It's one loss big, it's an undefeated Big Ten champion in the playoff. And then who's your fourth team? It, if it's undefeated TCU, they're in. Yeah, and I agree one with that. loss. Pac-12 champion USC is out. One loss ACC champion Clemson is out. I, I I don't know that I can say with certainty that they would put the SEC champion with two losses in. I will bet any amount of money right now. Would they put a three-loss SEC champion in? Like, where's the line drawn? Three-loss would be hard because now you're downgrading the conference. Exactly. I mean, do, are we not already downgrading the conference? No. Have, have you seen Alabama? I did. Alabama just beat Ole Miss. Alabama is an eight and two team. Yeah, but like yeah, but from a power rating standpoint, how are you feeling about Alabama these days? Uh, I, I still think Alabama's favored over every team except for four in the country: Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, Tennessee. Probably yeah. Yeah, that's probably that's right. It? That's like, probably fair. Like, what do you? If we just forget about the rankings for a second, and we just talked about like the wise guys power rankings, like the Vegas power rankings, who would be favored over who? Come on, it, it, yeah, Alabama is still the fifth best team in the country. But you know what? By that same by that same standard, Florida State would be favored over LSU. Florida, nobody thinks Florida State's a good football team. But Florida State wouldn't be favored over LSU. Yes, they would. No, they wouldn't. I bet you they would. No chance. Okay. Let's look at the Florida State. I understand that LSU lost to Florida State the first game of the year. I don't, I'm telling you, Florida State's getting it's a, a well respected team. Oregon. I think would be favored on a neutral over LSU. Texas would be favored over LSU on a neutral. Like, and I know those. It sounds like bold statements, but this LSU team winning a couple games. It, listen, it's a nice story. They got gifted a game against Arkansas. They they literally got handed a first down that was clearly not a first down. They reviewed it. Still said, "Yep, first down, LSU. Let's go." Listen, and and to their credit. Forty is a beast. He don- he won the game. Kudos. But th- that was not a, a good performance by LSU. I don't know that a two loss SEC champion is as automatic as you think it is. All right, I'm gonna let's let we we need some we need some way to settle this argument. So I <laughs> we will, just have to wait. No, I will propose something to you, and you tell me if you accept this. Okay. Would you accept Phil Steele's power rankings? 
I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. What's he say? Georgia 1, Ohio State 2, Alabama 3, Michigan 4, Tennessee 5, Texas 6, Oregon 7, LSU tied for 7, USC, then the next team. Okay. Where's Florida State? Florida State 19th at a 119.18. Okay. Maybe I'm wrong. So LSU is a 123.19. Okay. LSU would be favored over Florida State. All right. Thank you, Phil. (laughs) Yes, Monday Night Football is the talk of the town tonight, but there is also a nice schedule in the association and on the ice. Let's get to the look ahead. Charlotte Hornets, one-and-a-half-point dogs at the Orlando Magic. The Toronto Raptors, five-point favorites at the Cade Cunningham-less Detroit Pistons. Phoenix Suns, one-and-a-half-point dogs at Miami. The Thunder catching 11 at the Celtics. L.A. Clippers, five-and-a-half-point road favorites at the Rockets. The Atlanta Hawks, four-point dogs at the Bucks, And the Golden State Warriors favored by eight, hosting the San Antonio Spurs. What's going on on the ice? Just a small four-game slate. Islanders are at the Senators. New York, minus 115, total of six. The Kings are at the Flames. Calgary, minus 165 with a total of six. Hurricanes take on the Blackhawks in Chicago. Carolina, minus 235, total of six. And the Blues visit the Avalanche. Colorado, minus 205, total of six and a half. Anybody interested in jumping on board a package at pregame.com? Maybe an NHL season-long package. Maybe a college basketball package. How about an NBA package? Any How about package? a weekender with the UFC? Killed it. Crushed it. Weekender. How about a— By the way, two new UFC champions. How about that? That's right. Congratulations. Well, not to me. I'm not a UFC champion, but there well, were two them. new ones. Yeah. yeah. Congrats to them. You know, you can also get, like, the month football package we oh, have now it. at pregame.com. Yeah. So you can get just a month-long football, which covers college football and the NFL. Yeah. So there's so many opportunities for you at pregame.com. Anything you'd like, we're going to give you 20% off. Use the promo code JAVA20, J-A-V-A-20. Some would call it Java. Java20, 20% off for you, our listeners, at pregame.com. Use that promo code for anything you'd like. And also... Take advantage of a free chance to win $1,000. The Beat McKenzie Rivers NBA contest is still going on. Go to pregame.com, click on contests, find the McKenzie Rivers NBA contest, enter for free. The contestant that wins the most NBA units wins $500 cash. And if that winner earns more units than what McKenzie did last year, well, that contestant will win an extra $500. That's $1,000 cash, and it's free to enter. That's all at pregame.com. Again, promo code Java20 for 20% off anything you'd like. For Mackenzie Rivers and AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas. AM. <laughs>